Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 180, reducing your carbon footprint one episode at a time. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listener. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. <sighs> what a whiz-bang, fantastic show we've got lined up. So much television to talk about, none of it the Logies. None oh. of it. None of it all. Do you guarantee this is a 100% Logie free zone? I hadn't even put a, a Logie segment in because I thought we could really cover off on it in this bit and in pork. Right. Sweet. Uh, I saw it. It was uh, dreadful and made me embarrassed to be a television watcher. I'm not sure that uh, the host saying that they were going to be crap actually makes it any better with them being crap. No, I have to say, Gretel was strangely nervous and, yeah, during the Logies. Obviously, and- her hair hasn't grown back since the chemo. <laughs> oh, Brett! Uh, you know, I'm not sure she was actually <laughs> up to being up and about. Well, wasn't that what was going on with the hair? I, I looked at no, some it's pictures. Just a haircut. I looked at some pictures on the back of the age today. That is my entire yeah, Logie experience. Like was looking was, at some photographs. There was all this bullshit. It's uh, just mutton dressed up as lamb. Uh, hype about about her wearing a wig for the run through and oh, being a super special new haircut and it's a brand new look and people are going to be shocked. So was it a hidden haircut? Was it actually like to be revealed? Yes, the Logie's haircut. Yeah. <laughs> Strangely, Annie Lennox had exactly the same haircut, In just a different colour. Yeah. And can we also say, Annie Lennox, I mean, how random is yeah. that? Uh, her contribution to Australian television. I, I love her, and I would rather you know, watch three hours of Annie Lennox than Gretel Colleen Holstein. She, she was fine, apart from the first three notes that she first, sang, which sounded like somebody was strangling a cat. First three notes were a little bit off, but uh, Annie Lennox, uh, Dave Hughes, and Miles Barlow were the highlights for, for me. Uh, and everything else, just a, a waste of time. Well, I actually, Anderson, uh, 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 what's that that word when people t- take Twitter? on the spirits? No, no, no. They uh, uh, possessed. No, they became a medium for their enormous hair, a conduit for. A okay, room. yeah, we yeah. Um, uh, the the spirit channeled, of, channeled. Of, I think is the channeling the spirit of the not yet dead ostentatious in his yeah, little. Yeah, that was that was weird and and odd. Mm. I, I didn't like that. But he's twittering throughout the night. That was, was really value. entertaining. Yeah. I, I did read Mark Fennell's twitters, and I, I enjoyed those very much, which made me feel like I was there without any of the you know necessary watching it. Even though Mark wasn't there, but Dan Illick. Uh, mm-hmm. Mark's friend was there. See, but I didn't read Dan's. Because you're not on Twitter, you're, you're no, cheating I, on I, Facebook. No, I, I just read them on the bits of paper that people write down and throw <laughs> it on windows. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I've, I've discovered the greatest way to watch the Logies, which is to, to tape it all on your PVR, sit at home watching the Twitter feed while doing other things, just keep an eye on the Twitter feed. Lots of people will say all the good bits and then... Uh, once while the, they're there live, because it is a delayed telecast. Exactly. Then once the uh, once the the taping gets up to uh, probably about two hours, about two hours into the logies, you can start watching it on your PVR. Fast forward through all of the shit bits. You get through it in about an hour. I got even better way. Just don't watch it. Yeah, but then how do you know? Uh, I, I I got told by you just then. I was doing crap I, while it was on, and I saw the pictures of the frocks on the back page of the Age. Can I say too bold that because Kate Ritchie obviously couldn't make it, they said a drag queen in her place. <laughs> bold move. 
I wasn't going to make that I, sure. Lawyers, I letters, thought, I lawyers thought letters can be sent to John Richards, that, care of, hooray, boxcutters.net. I, I thought they'd switch the body of Kate Ritchie for a, for a drag queen when she was around about 13 years I old. I tell you, if you get a copy of The Age from uh, from the day of recording, which is a Monday the whatever of May, um, the picture on the back, it is just a very, very unfortunate picture. I think The Age photographer today just hates people at the Logies because they're all quite unfortunate pictures, but the one of Kate Ritchie in particular. This week on Box Cutters, we've got uh, and letters. special for uh, Jennifer. I, I started a thing. Jennifer Hawkins. I started to, a thing. To have to read her four, four word sentences off her card. Why, no, they couldn't. They didn't give them uh, well, auto got, cues. They didn't have auto cues. She got Stephen yeah, Hawkins. She couldn't remember the four words of, of her set up yeah, for the it, joke. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. They didn't have auto cues. That's what? just ridiculous. I say joke. Jokes are supposed to be funny. Coming up on this episode of Box Cutters, we've got letters to Box Cutters. We've got some crap TV, and I don't buy it. We're going to look at important things with Dimitri Martin. If you watch one thing, maybe it's going to be quiz. Did you win the quiz? Lots of people entered. Got some pork. As always, though, we're going to kick things people. off with the Box Cutters news. The Nine Network are throwing a cat amongst the pigeons and taking the bell off the cat and sending it a little bit wild and maybe giving it some ice before it goes in amongst the pigeons. I think that metaphor has gone too far. You think? I think. Back, think? back, back up a little. Back up a little. The Nine Network has done something a little bit tedious that people <laughs> say is going to be quite interesting. And what would that be, Josh? They're going to have the Today Show on Saturday up against Channel 7's Sunrise on Saturday. Is this, is this removing it from all the other days as well? So it's, it's just going to be on the Saturday? No. Just the one day a week? Just adding it. So now it'll be seven days of today. Is there a day? Uh, Sunday so is today. it also yes. seven days of sunrise? I didn't realise that sunrise was on Saturdays. It, yet no one did. No. Because uh, no one watches it. Apparently, though, this is vital. <laughs> this, is, this is the key to winning the whole week of television. You know what pisses me off about this? It's just, I'm going to start being pissed off early yeah. in this yeah, episode. Yeah. Putting, Sunday, putting today on in that time slot takes away all the kids' programming from Saturday morning it's from sh- Channel 9. Yeah, because kids don't really dig today. Ki- you know, kids aren't fans of today. They're all watching Sunrise. And, well, uh, Channel 9 hates kids. They don't, they don't like kids at all. That's why they killed Humphrey. Anyway, <laughs> Humphrey was there at the Logies. Poor Humphrey. Out of work. Out of work. And you know what? You know what? He didn't have any lines to say either. (laughs) uh, Or trousers. So so amongst all the changes that Channel 9 are making, they're bringing back the late night news. Mm, But that was was more interesting than freaking today on Saturday. uh, But not... I I don't think they're going to be calling it uh, news line, news late... Late news. Whatever. What was it called? <laughs> hey, hey, it's the news. Hey, hey, it's the news at night late. I can't remember. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be at 11.30pm each weeknight. Are they bringing in Robbo to host it? That'd be no, awesome. that, was cha- that was Channel 7. He was the best that late was Channel night 7. news host. Uh, he, was. he was. He was very good, very yeah. entertaining. Yeah. Uh, from 11am to noon, they will be having daily news. So that's a one-hour bulletin uh, from eleven till twelve. Correct. Instead of the half-hour bulletin, uh-huh. they used to They've have got a- the four thirty bulletin. 
they're going to have a what a, a three-hour bulletin for the the evening one. Is that Ch- Channel is 10 that where they're also, up to at the moment? Channel Ten's been talking more about their ninety-minute news bulletin, which will take it up to six thirty, as we were saying last week. Uh, just off the top of my head. Is it possible that news is just really, really cheap programming? <laughs> no. Well, I, I know I know it's a crazy idea. Is it just they're going, hey, we've got that newsroom. Let's just start filling up everything with I, more news. I've got like the stories. Uh, if we put it into a different show and have half an hour in between, yeah. then it's not the same show. This We're not repeating the news on the, on the same color. show. I, I'd like to see another network start up and just show when ev- all the other networks are showing their 90 hours of news a day just show old episodes of Perfect Match <laughs> and see which one rates better. Uh, that's, uh, that's all going ahead at nine. Uh, apparently, it's going to mean an increase of 1,000 hours per year of news coverage for the network. You know what's good about this? James Talia should be fine. Mm. There'll, there'll be plenty for him to do. Yeah. Filing, filing news reports at 8 o'clock in the morning to make it there for the 11 o'clock. He's going to love it. He'll, he'll have a great time. Yeah. 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 We should have a chat to James sometime soon. Yeah. Ask him about news. Yeah. If he's not doing, like, beekeeping. Now, um, also what? in news... Oh, yeah, <laughs> in, yeah. Matt made a purist. Oh, he loves it. Can't get enough. <laughs> um, Channel 7, uh, speaking of news, has been in the court again um, over a story from today tonight. Now, curiously, there's a story. This started in October 2003, January 2004. Today Tonight ran... Two stories about a, an organization called Wildly Wealthy Women, WWW. Mm. Wow. Because in 2003, that sounded cool. <laughs> um, it was executive, uh, exclusive stories about how this company could help make you rich. And one of the claims was that uh, participants in the program would become millionaires through investing property, even if they had no money to start with. I, I, I see no problem there at all. <laughs> well, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission claimed that Charles, uh, that uh, Days Night had no reasonable grounds to make such uh, uh, you know, comments. Claims. Some claims. So it's been in court for a while, obviously. October 2007, the federal court agreed with the ACCC and ruled the story misleading. Uh, Seven did not dispute the programs contained untrue claims, uh, but it denied they were deceptive, claiming it had reported the claims of the two women, which um, is known as the Media Safe Harbour Protection uh, in June 2008, the appeal by Channel 7 was won in the federal court, saying that was true. Um, this week, the High Court has overturned that decision, the one from June 2008, returning to October 2007, saying that basically today, tonight, um, cannot publish matter in relation to goods or services where the publication is subject to an arrangement with a supplier of goods or services. So effectively, because there was a, an agreement with um, Wild Wild Women, that uh, channel basically basically there was a, there was a kickback involved. What worries me though is that this basically story has been in the court now for six years. I mean that's six years over one particular story of today tonight. And 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 the summary is that today tonight can't be a, a corrupt uh, and uh, and self fulfilling uh, profit making exercise. Effectively, although it doesn't actually say what the punishment was. It, it says that they, they were found in breach, but it doesn't actually say whether this is like an ACMA kind of situation where... where oh, you know. I think that's just when the baby comes out feet first. <laughs> Yay! So as far as I know, it's, Channel 7's been told to go to its room and have a long, hard think about what it's doing. I, 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 don't, I don't know whether there's any particular... I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be some kind of massive fine for it. Right. It's because the High Court actually has powers, other, you know, as opposed to ACMA, who uh, just have acronyms. 
Somebody else that uh, should take a uh, long, hard look at themselves might be the Queensland Police. He's good. Rather than uh, blaming Underbelly for a significant rise in uh, crime happening in that state. Um, They claim that uh, in just under four weeks, 39 armed hold-ups and nine home invasions uh, have occurred um, due to the popular crime series inspiring young offenders to commit more violent offences and a futile (laughs) effort to attain drug lord status. So they're saying these crimes would not have happened if Underbelly had not been on air. Yes. So they're saying young kids are going, you know what, I want to be a crime lord in the 1970s. I want to be a, a, a kingpin. Wouldn't they be at home building time machines? I mean, wouldn't <laughs> that be a more likely? No, because that would then make them a time lord in the 1970s. Hey! I'm on fire, people! I'm on fire! <laughs> uh, i tell you what else is a crime. The way we <laughs> overlook children's television in this country. Um, the ABC... Hey, hang on, hang on. Are you saying, for, for example, that during the Logies... Uh, the uh, Children's Television Awards would have been pre-recorded and then just slotted in at any available uh, instance. Is that, is that what you're saying? Are you saying that we just don't no, uh, respect I, children's I, I, television? I'm just going for a segue because I'm not very good at them. Right, but your segue <laughs> yeah. turns out to, to be, be true. quite accurate. Who would have thought? Scarily accurate. It is frightening. The ABC has started filming a new children's series called My Place in Sydney, which I think actually sounds really cool. 13-part, half-hour children's drama based on a uh, on the successful uh, the book I was going to say novel it could be a novel by Nadia Wheatley and Donna Rawlins it tells the story of one house in South Sydney as told by the children who lived there for over 130 years fantastic I sounds like a, a Tom's Midnight Garden kind of a thing but yeah. with more children than or, just two or that HBO award winning thing but you know without all the abortion and lesbians what was that called? Big Love no <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it'll come to you later on. Meryl Streep. S- Sex in the City. No, it was, it was two one-off parts. Oh, look, we're showing we don't know everything about television. We'll come back to it. Angels in America. Uh, um, it's, it's got an amazing cast, too. Um, Susie, Not without my daughter. Susie Porter, Sasha Haller, Dan Wiley, uh, Russell Dixter. Uh, everyone's in this. Um, the directors include Samantha Lang, who made The Monkey's Mask. Entourage. Um, Sean Seat, who made Two Fists, One Heart, um, which, you know, admittedly, that's... that's only really been seen by Sean Seed as well, I think. But you know, <laughs> but it was a film, and bless him. And uh, and it's going to be yeah. It, it shows every decade in Sydney from eighteen eighty eight onwards. I think that will be quite a cool that's, thing to watch. That's that's exciting. That's it's like uh, playing Beady Bow, but with uh, more relevant information for, with, for with, children. Yes, and with more people from Underbelly. In it. <laughs> nice Sex in the City. What was the show, John Richards? It, it, they're, they're, look, they're two. They're two <laughs> one-off telly movies. Um, if these walls could talk, one oh. and two. If, if these said, walls could if you had talk. said Meryl Streep and Ellen DeGeneres. I, t- I said Meryl Streep. I did yeah, mention but, her. Yeah, but just Meryl Streep isn't enough. I think Demi Moore was in it as well. Could have been Evil Angels. Even Semi-Moore. Hemi-Moore. Um, yes, if these walls could talk, one and two. Ah. Brett, uh, speaking <laughs> of the ABC, Brett. The Chaser Boys <laughs> have uh, taken their illegal pranks International uh, being arrested in the Vatican after uh, they flew a five-metre-long blimp uh, across St. Peter's Square in airspace that may be part of the Vatican's no-fly zone. Uh, The pair was detained. Uh, This is Julian Morrow and Craig Roycastle. The pair was... Roycastle. Well, if he he kept with the German uh, pronunciation. Yeah, but he doesn't. uh, Which is where the name comes from. But he says Roycastle. They were detained and questioned for about eight hours by Italian police. 
uh, not by the Swiss Guard, um, uh, but uh, and having engaged an Italian lawyer, apparently uh, they've both set off back for Australia. Julian Morrow does say they haven't been charged. I read this, that story, I kind of went, oh yeah, chase the boys, blah, blah, But the bit I loved at the end of it was that they haven't been charged, even though um, um, the Australia's resident ambassador, ambassador to the Vatican, he's furious. Tim Fisher, Tim Fisher is Australia's ambassador Deputy Prime to the- Minister. That's just I, nuts. Don't you remember him I, being... No, I had no idea. I, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. Uh, incorrectly said charges had been laid. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, the, the thing that I read uh, about the Chaser Boys was that their, uh, their reputation had preceded them and the Italian police had heard about the prank uh, at the... Was it the G20 summit? No, at the... Uh, the uh, Epcot, uh, Epcot, <laughs> the one they locked Sydney down for. Yeah, at Epcot, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, and knew that they were pranksters and that there was no danger at all. So it just kind of oh, went, okay. just just kind of went, okay, uh, off you go. Well, even with Tim Fisher standing on top of the Vatican, going, oh, waving his fist. So apparently, oh, the, crazy kids. The joke was Get that uh, something Get was my lord. something was readable on uh, the side of the blimp. But you know, where 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 does a balloon become a blimp, and and where exactly? Because nobody was in the the thing that was occupying the airspace like when, when does a balloon become a blimp yeah. and when does a when balloon become a zeppelin I'm, when it's I'm the, sure little kids have like like balloons when it's in the, St Peter's Square and when it's the shape of a blimp and motorised uh, if it's <laughs> if it's just filled with hot air and balloon shaped then it's Tim Fisher hey <laughs> speaking of uh, Tim Fisher He's uh, sometimes had a drink of Coca-Cola and Coca-Cola. Oh, Jesus. We can't do it like you, yeah. Frank. You're just, you're just <laughs> superb. At We're not we smooth like you, We're Brent. not. <laughs> Coca-Cola are in trouble for an ad that uh, essentially said, women should be available for sex whenever men want. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> the Advertising Standards Bureau found that uh, an advertisement, though admittedly light-hearted... Was was actually in uh, inappropriate what for television ad, when children will be watching. Okay, so you have a look at the ad. Tell me, the ad is uh, this uh, this man sitting in a diner, and uh, and it, it's kind of shot it's shot like a movie, and there's you know opening credit kind of thing uh, where it says uh, the breakup starring our hero, the man. Right, and uh, and he gets a Coke Zero ordered to his table. His girlfriend drives up, sits down, and he starts going through a breakup speech. As he's doing that, his mouth dries. He takes a sip of Coke. Everything changes behind him. Girls start coming down on poles. Disco lights start happening all through the all through the diner, and uh, and and it's it's like, well, this is how the breakup should always be. And the uh, girl starts saying, "Oh, so you want to break up with me? That's okay. I understand. I understand you want to have sex with uh, with with other women. That's fine with me. That's perfectly fine. Listen, if you ever just want to shag, why don't you give us a call? Meaning her and the women behind her. And then uh, and then he gets on a motorcycle and drives away with five women, kind of." Almost like water skiing the thing behind is that him. Nobody comes out well from this ad, though, do they? Like this no. is an ad that basically says we are all scum. Yeah, pretty much. Except that was a tagline, I think. Coca Cola, we're all scum. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, just call me when you want to have a shag. Coca Cola. Yeah. 
Right, and so what, what the, the ad's been removed? Or? Uh, the, ad, the ad was removed a, a few weeks ago, but the Advertising Standards Bureau has found that it is inappropriate, and uh, this is, of course, the second time that Coca-Cola have been in trouble for advertising after the whole Kerry Armstrong, Coke doesn't kill you <laughs> ad campaign. Although it makes you live forever and gives you wings. Actually, that's true. Red Bull claims it gives you wings, and it doesn't actually give you wings. That's so the, a lie. But it's the, metaphorical wings. The problem wasn't so much the content in the ad as it was the time in which it was shown. So uh, the content in the ad was inappropriate for the time it was shown, but if it was shown, say, at 9.30 at night, not at a time when children could be watching. They should remake it with Humphrey playing the role of the woman, and then everyone would love it. Except Humphrey couldn't say shag. No, no, and that's why it he wouldn't, just, it, it he'd wouldn't be offensive. Mime it. He'd, he'd, he'd go... He'd, so do <laughs> a visual thing. He'd, he'd do this. And that'd be good. Yeah. Special for the uh, video for the podcast, video podcast yes. viewers. Um, speaking of advertising, we've talked a lot about how television uh, isn't really embracing the change, the new world, the new order, and uh, and it's interesting. The ABC in America did something quite interesting this week. It started doing um, teaser trailers for a TV series it hasn't even commissioned yet. Because I, I was going to say I haven't heard of this TV show. No, it's kind of curious. They, they made the pilot of this. Everyone's saying, obviously, they are committing to a, to a TV series, but they haven't committed to it yet. It's not been announced. So during Lost, um, they ran five Easter egg um, sort of micro ads. There were tiny images inside a black screen followed by the words, what did you see? And that's, that's all they showed. The, um, the images were pallbearers carrying a coffin, a bride and groom kissing, a surfer, a fetal sonogram, and a group of kids leaving school. Now, it turns out there actually ads for Flash Forward, which is a drama that has been piloted but hasn't yet been picked up as a TV series by the ABC. Uh, it's likely it's going to be part of their fall lineup, which will be announced uh, in May in New York at the upfronts. And it's just saying it's a really interesting approach to, um, to do this. So the show itself is, is, uh, takes place... The, the show itself apparently is based on the premise that there is a, a, a moment in which everyone in the world blacks out and gets a vision of what their life will be five months from that date. When they sort of come back to, lots of people have died because you know, anyone who's like flying a plane and stuff apparently has managed to crash it in the time they've been out. Um, but it's kind of curious because uh, the date that they're meant to be seeing is like um, April the 20th, 2010, which they're saying will be pretty much when this show goes to air. This, they're trying to get this show with the lost audience they think will be most likely to, to embrace it. Um, but it's not going to go to air until Lost finishes. It's meant to be kind oh. of a replacement for Lost. So, so after... After April next year. Yeah, so it's almost like they are giving you the glimpse of the two years in the future, which is what the characters in the show are meant to be having, is a glimpse two years in the future. And ah! I know, but That yeah. was my head exploding. But, but yeah, curious. And, yeah. and I think you know, interesting to see them you know, embracing that kind of idea. And I presume we can probably all download some copy of the pilot of uh, Flash Forward, which is presumably floating around on the internet. And yeah, well done, ABC, for a bit of experimentation there. Speaking of uh, shows that uh, are new and uh, perhaps may not last for a season. Uh, there's a few interesting uh, notes coming out of the States, um, one which pertains to something that uh, we've covered in the last couple of weeks, which is Chuck and uh, the doubt as to its future. Nikki Fink, reporting on Deadline Hollywood Daily... That's a made-up um, name if there ever was one. ...says that sources are telling her that uh, Chuck will be renewed and announced on NBC on Monday, which is today, which is probably right now in the States. I discovered as the... we are speaking, uh, recording this. If, uh, if we have breaking news during the show about that, we will stop everything and, uh, and let you know. <laughs> uh, I, I found out about the subway 
campaign that we mm-hmm. talked about last week. Mm-hmm. It turns out Subway did a lot of, and I didn't notice it, so it shows how effective it was. Product placement. A lot of product placement in Chuck. Okay. And so uh, there was a, uh, there is actually a video going around of uh, uh, Zach, what's his name, who plays Chuck. Levy. Oh, Zachary Zachary Levy. Making sandwiches in a Subway. No, not not making sandwiches in a Subway. Taking a, a group of about 600 English people into a local subway. Well, no, because I saw footage of him in England in a subway making the sandwiches and couldn't work out what the hell the connection right. was. Right. Well, so, so, yes. so that's it. So basically trying to get to the network through the advertisers saying, listen, there is, uh, there is money to be made for everybody. That's quite in this clever, show. actually. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's actually one of the best campaigns I've heard of. Hmm. I'm sorry that we poo-pooed it last week. Uh, better off Ted's uh, may be getting cancelled. Uh, they're up to episode six now, I think. Uh, Scrubs apparently uh, are looking to continue Every- beyond the uh, eighth <laughs> season. Why? Finishes up. That's on the ABC. On CBS, Eleventh uh, Hour is now a long shot to continue beyond uh, this current season. Their first season, uh, the crew are apparently looking for other work. It's there. a long shot to continue <clears throat> after the pilot, even during. Mm-hmm. I thought. Uh, Fox, uh, apparently uh, Dollhouse is looking like a long shot to be renewed for a second season. Sit Down, Shut Up is apparently already a goner. Well, it, it got moved after two episodes, which yeah, apparently, just... getting a time slot moved at Fox apparently is the same as being stabbed in the face. Uh, such a Channel 9 move. <laughs> Doubts for Terminator, the Sarah Connick. Chronicles, which would be uh, about going into a third season, or is that a fourth? Uh, third. Uh, Kath and Kim's gone, Knight Rider's gone, Life uh, is now looking like a goner. My Name is Earl may be cancelled by uh, NBC, but apparently Fox may pick it up if they do, and uh, Everybody Hates Chris on the CW, which is the Country Western Network. It's not the Country Network. Western Network. John, lastly in the news. Oh, actually, very quickly again on the, on the American um, programming, one very quick thing. You know how, Josh, you always said you wish they'd make a TV show out of Drop Dead Fred. Yes. They're making a TV show out of Drop Dead Fred. With Phoebe Cates? With Phoebe Cates. No, the 1991 uh. film which starred Phoebe Cates, who went on to become you know, the Phoebe Cates we all know now. Um, also she, she was also the Phoebe Cates we all knew then as well. <laughs> what she, she only knew then. I've no idea. Really? Because she, she, had, she had been in Gremlins. But the idea and Gremlins of, too. But they're taking a, a, yeah, a film with <laughs> Phoebe Cates and, and Rick Mayall, a film that didn't do very well at the time. Um, and wasn't going, a very good film. Wasn't a great film. Uh, it has potential though, which is true. Sweet. And I guess that's why they've, they've gone, hey, 17 years later, let's, let's make a series. Um, it's a, a starring ru- vehicle for Russell Brand. Boy, am I looking forward to that. Um, it's being written by Dennis McNicholas, who was one of the writers behind the up- upcoming Land of the Lost remake. Um, who's also lo- <laughs> That's what I've been waiting for. It, it gets better. He's also a long-time writer on Saturday Night Live and is scripting the feature film version of H.R. Puffin Stuff for Columbia. Uh, it's, yeah, look. Anyway, um, looking forward to that. Apparently, it's a um, the take for the new Fred is to make a film in the tone of Beetlejuice, building a universe around the concept of imaginary friends. Brand will play the troublemaking power. Uh, and... Finally, on American TV this week, John McCain, former um, running for the president but not getting there guy, uh, has filmed links for the AMC Cable Network's Memorial Day weekend marathon of movies about war. 
I can't decide if that's really poor taste or not, as he was, of course, held in a prisoner of war camp for some years. He'll be um, filming, he's filmed introductions for films including Midway, Patton, The Longest Day, Hamburg Hill, Tora, 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 and Battle of the Bulge. Sarah Palin, his running mate. Battle of the Bulge, I think. Sorry, just just on the John McCain thing. Yeah. So are his links going to be things like this next film, Tora Tora Tora, is one of my favourites. I'm very excited about it. And if I could, I would raise my hands and wave all around. <laughs> <See>? Unnecessary. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll just say, this film brought back horrifying memories and cry a little, which would be good. Um, <laughs> By the end of the day, he'll just be in a corner. Yeah, it'll be fetal. Now, of course, Sarah Palin, not doing anything as trashy as introducing war films at AMC. No, she's appearing on American Chopper, <laughs> the, um, the TV show in which uh, Orange County choppers go around to pimp your motorbike. They are building a bike to honour Alaska's 50-year anniversary of being a state. Palin said, it means so much to the state of Alaska that these guys are building this bike that will honour statehood here. Um, <laughs> she she, oh. she t- took them and said, we'll, we'll ride the bike to the fishing hole, which I believe is an Alaskan euphemism. And... <laughs> For Sarah Palin Yeah, I can't can't read more of this But I wanted to bring it up because the AV Club In response to these two stories said Remember when McCain and Palin's whole campaign Was about how Barack Obama was more celebrity than politician Do you think there's some kind of uh, Do you think some people are just genetically resistant to irony Or is this some new kind of virus We should start freaking out about So yeah, if you really want to see it The episode with Sarah Palin getting her bike pimped Has aired last week And that is the Boxcutters News are you one of those that follows the follows the Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July and I'll go down on you. Brett Cropley, you don't buy something. Uh yes, uh the We've all seen uh the gorilla. <laughs> Smooth. Smooth. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we've all seen the gorilla playing the drums on the uh, Cadbury advert to Phil Collins in the air tonight. Yes. Uh, yes, it's one of the best things that's been done with that song. And then, and then uh, once the, the drums cut loose, the, the, it is actually the gorilla playing it, apparently. Um, uh, this was something that uh, I, I'm not sure how long it played in this country, um, but they they kind of repurposed that uh, with the song "Total Eclipse of the Heart" by Bonnie, Bonnie Tyler. Um, with uh, I haven't I haven't done a side by side comparison. Was John Farnham, you're the voice. John Farnham was the one that was airing on TV quite recently with the Gorilla. Oh, it might have been that. Yeah, yeah, that was the one. Because whatever in- it was, the the Gorilla footage was out of sync. It actually started with the gorilla uh, drumming ahead of the beat, and oh. then as as the song progressed, falling fur- further and further behind the beat. Oh, that that gorilla doesn't know how to drum properly. Well, Is no, that what you don't buy. It, it, it's uh, clearly the uh, whoever. Well, curiously, though, that that ad Cadbury waited two years to play that ad in this country because they they felt it wouldn't work. They thought it was just too freaking weird. It's it's an English ad campaign which has won virtually every award everywhere and been this viral sensation. That was the Phil Collins one. The Phil Collins one. Yeah, that is original. And um, it was interesting because Cadbury really didn't kind of get it and decided to come on board. But obviously, for some reason, whether it was for expense or to make it local, they've, they've, they've changed Phil to, um, to John Farnham. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was just that thing of, of they kind of went, oh, close enough. Gorilla's playing the drums. Because I must admit, I actually didn't know this. I only saw it as the John Farnham version right. and then read the kind of history to it. But it was because uh, the article was in the age a while back was talking about how um, 
Cadbury in Australia has, has been quite conservative compared to its its English you know, parent company when it comes to these freaky, freaky ads. Ah. Um, so... Uh, the number of the number of eyes that this uh, campaign must have gone through for people to sign off on it uh, to be okay. I can't believe that it actually got through without somebody actually noticing that the sink was out. And it's a really simple uh, process of, of putting that back in time. Um, luckily, uh, Cadbury have uh, kind of made up for a little bit with their latest campaign, uh, which is with the two little kids waiting to uh, have their photo taken and the uh, photographer not. gets distracted and then the boy pushes his digital watch and this starts playing and they're doing the eyebrow dancing you, don't, you guys I haven't don't seen know it. it no it just occurred to me that you're now listening to three people at triple r watching a laptop playing an ad for cadbury <laughs> that's uh, that is freaky See, whereas oh, this is why people shouldn't have children. Because this is the newest Cadbury attempt to be viral campaign, and they were saying Australia actually embraced this one immediately. And they've got billboards just with the eyebrows on them, like in major uh, positions at the moment. But I just can't take my eyes off this ad when it's on. It's that's great. So, so what do you not and and do buy then, Mr. Crap? I don't buy uh, the the out of sync uh, crap. Production on the redo of the gorilla, um, but um, uh, they've made up for it. You do buy eyebrows. Hi, it's Pete Smith. They're not really naughty boys. They're just box cutters going about their business. My favourite is that one where Pete Smith says, "I'm here with those sexy hunky boys." <laughs> <laughs> no, that's. Uh, is, is that not the one? No, Pete Smith says. No, no? that's that's James Dad Butler. Oh, okay. Sorry. And that's been given, box cutters. Given, uh, given oh, your, uh, your your comment some time ago, John, that uh, we were hearing Jane Butler every <laughs> single every week. week. I have not played this since. No, I, I I'm not sure I ever will again. I didn't mean you should if stop you really playing her. <laughs> no, no, I loved hearing the bad I, I just mentioned it was curious that we had you know virtually every every break. Uh, Dimitri Martin. Important things with Dimitri Martin is a new show that he's done for Comedy Central in the US. Uh, it is Comedy Central, isn't it? Does anybody know? Uh, it, it seems likely. Yeah, I think it, it mentions something at the end of every episode. I just can't remember. <laughs> anyway, I, go on. I, I think it is Comedy Central in the in the US. Uh, it is essentially a, a sketch show with some stand-up comedy thrown in, uh, where he takes a subject and then they have very loosely associated stand-up comedy and uh, sketch bits uh, that, each, that each connect of to that themed. theme. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Way. And the themes being things like time or power. Yeah, they're, they're very, very broad themes that he can take some of his stand-up and shove it into. Uh, time, time, time's interesting. Uh, have you ever noticed that watches have faces on them? People also have faces on them. So, uh, my father's a person and people, you know... <laughs> <laughs> that's it's uncannily spot on for a yeah, yeah, spontaneous Dimitri Mountain routine. You know, he does, he does do bits like that. I have to say, though... Dimitri Martin is a very charismatic stand-up performer. And at the same time... I, I think at, I, I must have been watching some other show. No, go on. At the same time as, as being very understated. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. he's, he's understated, but kind of has this, uh, has this charisma of uh, just, you know, someone who, who, who would come to a party, but 
uh, stand just kind of outside of the group, but make all of the funniest comments in the group. It, it, does that make sense? I've, I was watching Important Things with Dimitri Martin. I think I've been watching <laughs> the wrong show. No, so, no go on. D- Dimitri Martin uh, has been uh, to Australia a couple of times uh, with, uh, with a couple of different shows. He does mix up his, his comedy with some, uh, with some drawings, with some uh, just kind of abstract... Of music? Uh, yeah, some abstract music that he just does one-liners so over. Have you seen him live? Have you, yes, d- twice. How did you feel then that this worked as a, as a vehicle for his... You know what, the first, the first two episodes, I thought, it's not working. It's not coming across. And, and in those first two episodes, for me, the audience were, were particularly kind of wrong for, for the type of stuff he was doing, I found. But the, uh, the third episode, I did laugh a couple of times. Uh, the, uh, th- there was a, a sketch in the third episode that I thought was just fantastic. Now, I, I have to say... A lot of that has to do with the fact that John Oliver is part of the cast of Important Things with Dimitri Martin. John Oliver is from The Daily Show mm-hmm. uh, and has done a bunch of stuff in the UK. He, he didn't seem in the first one, though, was he? He seemed to turn up, like, he, in episode three. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he turned so up in episode nowhere. three. Uh, and that that made things funnier. You, you brought this one in, Brett. What did you think? Um, well, I, I suspected that uh, he'd pretty much got uh, greenlit on on this uh, project just based on the clips that are available on YouTube um, where he he has these kind of this kind of lecture series where he has butcher's paper on an easel and as he's going through it he'll he'll do the reveal of the next thing and the, the joke will be there because yeah, but, but did you like it I, I did like it I, I found that it took those those first two episodes to kind of figure out what it was doing um, and it seemed at times like it was a little bit kind of stretched where where you had the, the card with the three drawn on buttons about which which sketch we'd go to next. Yes. So, yeah, look, because I, I, mean, I didn't like this at all. I, I mean, I didn't even, even the shows, you know, when we watch comedies I don't like, I still usually get a few laughs out of like um, um, Stacey and Stacey and Ned Gavin. and Trevor and Gavin, G- and, Gavin and, and Sarah and, and all the gang um, that we watched a few. Yeah, I, mean, I hated that, but I still really enjoyed, you know, a few lines. I really enjoyed um, Rob Brydon's character. This, I got nothing. And I just, I just, I found this almost painful to get through three episodes of. And the first episode, which is the one about timing, I, I remember getting to the point going, oh, this must be finishing soon. I was eight minutes in. <laughs> it's a half hour show. And episode two did the same thing. Eight minutes. I was certain it must be ending. The sketches seemed incredibly long. And it seems real mess. What, that, what about, what about the, uh, ben, ben Franklin, Galileo, Galilei, oh, God, that and William Shakespeare? Ever. Um, and, and there was that thing too. I, it's interesting mess that he's there with this studio audience, but then it's sort of some of it's, but it's not really done like it's live to, to tape and, and He's not really engaging with them. And then there's the pre-record sketches. And then some of it's the kind of line drawing kind of stuff. But some of it's done in a sort of Super 8 with retro titles on it. And it just seemed like, has anyone actually made any decisions about what the style is meant to be? Because I, I actually thought that the sort of pencil line drawing thing kind of worked. It's just that they didn't even seem committed to it. So, like, you know, that style is not carried over to the credits. It's not carried over to the logo of the show. It's not... And then, you know, the, 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 the routines in front of the audience have also been recorded and then edited quite heavily. 
Yes. And he doesn't go, let's go to this sketch now, at least in a way that could tie it all together. It's kind of like that bit just floats separate to all the very, very long sketches. Then he's suddenly in a chair with his, his legs crossed and, and showing the card. And yeah, the- it, just, it just felt really kind of odd. And while there were, there were bits that you could go, mm, yes, I'm stroking my chin and nodding. Like I quite like this little picture of a, of a cup of coffee with lines going, this means it's hot. But if I change the lines to this, this means it's loud. I thought that was kind of a nice little joke. But again, and the weird thing with the audience, it sounded like they were dubbed. It sounded like it was like pre-recorded laughter dubbed over the top of everything because it was all a bit out of control for the level of humor. Mm. And I kind of, yeah, I don't And it was also odd. We talked about Kids in the Hall last week. So much of this is very similar to Kids in the Hall, even things like the, the Super 8 kind of bumpers with the very similar music. But whereas Kids in the Hall... I, was, I find myself trying to work out. Was funny. Well, this was not. Well, I was trying to work out why did that, well, more like why did that work and this didn't. I was trying to work out why, and I thought also his kids in the hall was a sketch comedy program where they would rarely talk to the audience, whereas this starts off with him talking to the audience, but then the rest of it doesn't fit that style. This is a very strange way of basically just ad- adapting his stand-up to a television show, which is uh, what. What Comedy Central did very successfully with Chappelle's show, uh, and it it just hasn't worked because I think it's one of Dave the Chappelle, yes, not Chappelle not Colby's Colby's show. Not Chappelle I loved her show; she was great. Uh, th- that was uh, that was uh, how to pack for ten. It was an interesting show. <laughs> <clears throat> interesting show. The uh, how to get your dad to pack for ten. <laughs> uh, the, and and I think that the thing is that the Dimitri Martin stand up comedy experience is an intimate thing. It's he, he speaks very quietly and it's it's really just like a have you ever thought of this? Which is like the, the thing with the, the coffee cup, right? Mm-hmm. Lines coming out from the top of the coffee cup means that it's hot. Lines coming out from the side means that it's fast. loud or fast. Yeah. You know, it depends on which side of the coffee cup they're yeah. on, right? And uh and that's that sort of thing where it's kind of like He's just sharing stuff with you. And I think, that, yeah, I think it could have that- worked if they'd filmed it like that and, and somehow just made it feel a bit more organic. It felt like they'd filmed him live and then cut it down to the best bits. It felt to be quite, yeah, truncated in an odd sort of way. Yeah, there's, there's this bit in, uh, in episode three where he talks about mnemonics. And, uh, you know, he has a mnemonic for learning the, the names of the planets and uh, has a mnemonic for learning the letters in the alphabet. That's a great gag. Like, it is, it is a really good gag. But the way it's set up, firstly, he is so far away from the audience when he's doing that gag that they can't have any uh, any real intimate relationship well, with him. They're watching on a screen, which is kind of curious. They see a lot of stuff on, on a... There's a um, LCD screen or something set up in the, in the wall. Yeah, to, to look like uh, a whiteboard. Yeah. And it's, and it's not a whiteboard. And... Uh, and and so that kind of feeling of of hey he's telling us something and he's just telling us and uh, and he's a funny guy who's thought of something funny and is sharing that with us that doesn't come across. Yeah, and that was the other thing. I had some of the sketches. Some of the sketches are actually beautifully filmed. There's actually some really lovely sort of you know very expensive looking camera work on on like the one where they're making the film and when the, the actors getting angry. But that kind of then plays against the fact that the rest of it's meant to have this kind of lo-fi kind of look to it and again to me it just felt like there wasn't any anyone it just felt like no one had made a decision at any point about what the show was supposed to be i, I still think that ben, benjamin franklin galileo galilee william shakespeare sketch was really? hilarious yeah <laughs> yeah i loved that sketch I, 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 I only watched the first hour of it so i guess i didn't really see it. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, I, I actually watched the entire season, and, and peculiarly, uh, it's a season of seven episodes. Um, I, I assume, unless it's going to continue on at some point. Uh, and I'm not sure if, if it actually got into more of a rhythm and became better, or if my expectations mm-hmm. lowered and, and I just enjoyed it more. Or, or you just be, wouldn't but, necessarily have to be a an expectations lowered thing. It could be, uh, you know, just a, you got you, the, you're got getting into the rhythm for... of it because it is a particular rhythm in, mm. in his comedy. But and I am taking you liked it though, Brett. Is that is that what you're trying to tell us? I did, is that I, what it is, Skippy? I did. I didn't Chuck love it away. No? Yeah. I have to say, I didn't like the first two episodes and, I, I, and I'm quite a fan of Dimitri Martin Live. Uh, and the, the third episode made me think, oh, maybe I'd watch a fourth, but I'm not going to go out of my way. To, to view it, I think yeah. that's. A- I wouldn't give it to somebody saying, "Oh my god, you've got to see this! It's so funny." I, I reckon you could you could get as much as many laughs out of what's on YouTube as what you could out mm-hmm. of the whole season. Uh, important things with Dimitri Martin. I don't think it's available on DVD as yet from anywhere, uh, but. Well, it's it only since, just uh, finished the season on Comedy Central on the twenty fifth of March. Yeah, that doesn't mean enough. Uh, oh. Uh, you can uh, you can get it video on demand, uh, and it will be available shortly uh, in uh, in the US on DVD. Cut! That's the worst coma acting I've ever seen. Is it my imagination or is TV getting worse? Ah, uh, this show ain't no good. That was so terrible. I think you gave me cancer. Oh, look out, Smithers! <laughs> I love this show. Brett, something's made you angry. Yes, SBS, and it's not top What, what? SBS? SBS have... I read over the week that shocked. Uh, SBS have come to an arrangement with the 10 Network to take over the rights for the second season of Flight of the Concords, uh, which is good in the sense that, it won't, that the show won't be buried in uh, whatever time Channel 10 get around to showing it on a Sunday night after the latest reality thing goes over time and then Rove gets through a bit over an hour. Um, but this is not what SBS's mandate dictates that they should be doing it's supposed to be special broadcasting flight of the concords is nowhere near it Actually, stop that's it a fair stop, point. stop fucking reaching for for ratings because yeah, as a viewer that's I, not what your job is as the head of sbs because yeah, as a viewer i think much better experience to watch flight of the concords on sbs yeah yeah that would be great but you're right it's not the place that really yeah Remember when SBS used to show foreign programming? Yeah, that seems a while back. I, now, I was I was remembering that last week, mm. I, I believe. And yeah, they, well, I, I suppose it is multicultural because it's New Zealanders in America. That's like two cultures for the price of one. I know, I know. And then in that second season, there is also Australian in there as well. Actually, can I mention because this is a good point? So it occurred to me we haven't. Uh, done any foreign language television? I think for for quite a while, and not not since uh, Spiral. And I, I would really like to. And I'm actually having a hard time finding if anyone can get us a copy of um, La Chica de Ella, which is the uh, Spanish language remake of uh, Life on Mars. I, I would love to see that. I can't find a a, a magical feed for it anyway. Uh, and, um, and if anyone's aware of because uh, Spiral was recommended to us uh, by uh, one of our American yeah, and, and again, any, anything else, any foreign language TV you want to recommend that we should have a look at? I think anything be, with the, the B man in it. Yeah, I love that B man. He's not real. Um, because yeah, because it'd be, it'd be nice for yeah since SBS has stopped showing it, maybe there's other ways we can we can find it. Got a postman. Have a letter. Did you read it. 
you're a godsend. Savior. No, I'm, I'm just the postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. We got a letter this week from Chad, uh, who wrote in saying, Hey, Josh. Sorry, when I say we, I meant me. He sent it straight to me. Chad again. Hey, Josh. No box cutters newsflash t-shirt? Regards, Chad. Oh, I did wonder about that, because I thought you just ripped it off wholesale. No, no, no. It's, he, it's uh, official. He, he actually sent, it, sent that uh, box cutters newsflash uh, logo to us to use as a t-shirt. And now that we do have t-shirts available at redbubble.com slash people slash box cutters, uh, or there, there's a link uh, on the uh, on the blog in this uh, particular episode, you'll find it on the blog entry. Because that is a mighty fine looking t-shirt, and I'm looking yeah, yeah. forward to getting one of those myself. Yeah. It's totally hot. So, uh, Chad, you'll be pleased to know there, there are some now. Actually, look, while we're flogging Chad, I might as well mention this then as well. <laughs> we're from, not flogging Chad. He's done nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Well, uh, it, it's curious. Chad also said in, um, the, the Doritos people are doing a competition. This is quite fascinating. It's effectively the Doritos company has said, you know what would be great? If people just gave us like millions of dollars worth of advertising campaigns completely for free. So they're doing it. Uh, you guys uh, make our content. Yeah, a competition where you make an ad, you send it to them, and as, as Chad went out, the, the rules are that basically they get the rights to the concept, the idea, even if you don't win, you, they still get the rights to it. And people then vote on it. Chad, one of our listeners, sent in, he has made uh, a couple of ads. If you want to go to doritos.com.au, um, you can view and vote. If you search for serving, uh, there's one called Serving Suggestion that Chad's made, and it's actually really cute. And I think you should, you should watch that and vote for it. Um, on less self-serving letters. Um, and so you didn't like his other one? The other, one, no, actually, the other one's good too. Yeah, but uh, impressed though. Well, as, as, as Chad points out, there are sound quality issues, which makes you know, the other one less good than the serving suggestion one, which I think is just a, a really clever idea. Right. Um, Anne sent this thing in last week, which I think is quite interesting. She said, had to vent my frustration on this one. I'm currently multitasking, which includes watching the biggest loser finale. The outfits, especially the ball gowns, are usually pretty appalling. I've just been to news.com.au and they've published the details of the winner, the weight loss stats, and even the quotes, which I'm sure we'll see on air in about 70 to 80 minutes. And she put the link there. Assuming that it's all legit and hasn't been linked, there's been a cock-up somewhere. Either 10 forgot to specify an embargo um, and or news.com have ignored the TV schedule and embargo and gone ahead and published it anyway. I know it's not the end of the world, but it really cheeses me off. Um, hey, hey, it's a flashback. They know this show rates well, and they do this, and we, and we know how badly all the networks treat fans of shows that don't rate as well. So what's going to come next? Publishing the final David Tennant script for Doctor Who in June? Looking forward to this week's discussion about new Freeview ad. That's what it was last week. Love your work. Cheers, Anne. I thought that was... That's odd, that, isn't that's, it? Yeah. I, I really think that uh, someone got wrapped over the knuckles for uh, not... Not following an embargo, so you but think then there, there is there is no. I mean, I I used to get embargoed stuff all the time, and when they still trusted you, when they still trusted me, which they don't anymore. Uh, and there's no, uh, there's nothing other than basically journalistic ethics and uh, and communal scratch back scratching. This one though, because it has quotes in it, that seems particularly odd to have quotes from from the show before the show went to air. I'm not quite sure how that happened. Uh, because it's not live. 
So someone's just got a copy of the tape and... No, somebody's uh, sent out the press release with an embargo on it. There were quotes on the so press release. So you think it would have been embargoed? Yeah. You think that's just, that's just news.com? And news.com just... they just... do it live? If, if it's such a big television reality event, then isn't it worthy of doing live so that nobody can actually embargo it and so everybody discovers the answer the you know what, at the, the same time? The Biggest Loser finale actually ran to time. So I have no problems with it being pre-recorded. As long as they get to edit as it. As long to, as they get to edit it down to, to get it to time. Uh, there's, uh, we also got a letter from Tristan. Uh, oh, have, have you got... This is interesting because um, we also we should uh, point in. We appeared on the podcast. We recorded an interview with the podcast yesterday. It's a show, a podcast about podcasts, which possibly can break the internet. I think it's like putting Google into Google. Ah! Yeah. Um, Looking up the word dictionary in dictionary. Oh, I know. It's also curious that uh, hosted by the lovely Jade Gulliver, it runs approximately about 25 minutes. Unless we're on it, then it goes oh, for 70. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because that's what we do. No, 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 no. no. The episode two went for 40 minutes. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah. See, I feel much better. Anyway, um, and on that, I mentioned how we were talking about you know, different ways of watching television. I said how great it is you can watch things like The Daily Show simply by going to their website. That is fantastic. It is fantastic. Until yes. we got this letter from Tristan. Oh. Do you have it there, Josh? I I do, I do. Just uh, quick stall because when he says he's got it here, uh, the uh, Tristan says. Uh, hello, box cutters. Oh, good day, box cutters. I was incredibly frustrated to find that as of a few days ago, Comedy Central is no longer allowing the streaming of the Daily Show and Colbert Report from their website. All that could be found was the following note. And then he quotes the note: "On April twenty eighth, we restricted access to the full episodes of the Colbert Report for several countries outside of the US." We did so at the request of the content licensees who control the television broadcast rights to show in those respective territories. We want to make it clear that we hear you, the Colbert Report fans. We read read your posts and comments on the boards, and given the very reasonable user feedback you've posted, we fully appreciate that fans of the show outside of the US want access to full episodes. Regrettably, the nature of international licensing makes that extremely complicated. Please know that Comedy Central will continue to work with local TV broadcasters around the globe in hopes of granting access to these episodes in your country. In the meantime, you still have access to the rest of ColbertNation.com, including these forums. Thank you for your understanding. And as Tristan points out, it's all well and good, but from reading the comment in the forums, they've restricted access to a number of countries that do not even have a broadcaster for either of these shows. I find it a little frustrating they've suddenly decided this is the case after running the shows for free for so long. It, and it also points out it's only the full episodes which have been restricted. The episodes can still be watched in the, um, in the video clip section where they break them up into sort of five to seven segments. So apparently you can, uh, you can still watch them in so you, bits. You just can't watch them as a as, full... As a full thing, I uh, am trying to get in touch with the comedy channel here in Australia uh, who have the, the licensing rights to... Daily Show and Colbert Report, considering that they show them uh, pretty much live as well. Uh, I think the the first episode, the Daily Show goes to air at I think five thirty uh, on Comedy Channel, which is pretty much just after it's finished in the US. I think that you know maybe they might look at putting those episodes up on ComedyChannel.com.au. I'm going to find out about that. I'll find out about that this week, and I will get back to you next week 
about that. And a final letter, just to throw this out for, for people to possibly respond to because it's, it's a bit too technical for me to understand. Is this Paddy's? This is Paddy's. Just a question regarding the future of TV. How do you think TV will go in relation to next-gen consoles like Xbox 360 and PlayStation, PlayStation 3? Whenever I'm on the Xbox Live, there is movie content, so TV content should be the next logical step, right? I would love it when I'm not maiming and killing people in GTA 4. Kind regards, Paddy. Um, yeah, it doesn't, you know, to me it's just words in a row. But um, <laughs> but you read them out very nicely, uh, John. Thank you. And uh, But I think it's, yeah, I open it up, you know, because we like to talk about the future of, of and, television. And, uh, obviously you haven't, John, but uh, Josh, have you had experience with Xbox Live? Uh, no. Online? No, I, uh, I, only as far as my friend will say, I downloaded some new songs for Rock Band. Do you want to come and hit some stuff? And I'll go, okay. Right. So, if you actually know more than we do, please feel free to uh, to write in response to Patty's question. Um, Brent, I, have, I, have I would you? assume that it's it's a pay for service from Xbox it, Live. It is uh, well, Xbox Live is a subscription service in and of itself. I think you pay you know ten dollars a month or something mm-hmm. like that to be part of it, and then I'm guessing you pay on top of that to download movies. Uh, that's all I know. For your content. Well, I mean, basically it's the same as getting stuff from iTunes uh, and, and they have introduced the, the TV content um, from the networks over in the States. So it'll, it probably will go that way. But, you know, um, we don't have massive take-up of uh, pay television here in Australia. Uh, I'm not sure that it's going to show any differently uh, as far as Xbox Live goes. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know where that's going to go, but... If you have some kind of insight or you have something that you would like to see in terms of uh, new ways that television content could be delivered to your television, if not through the television antenna, let us know. Hooray at boxcutters.net is the email address you can send your letters to Boxcutters to, or you can always text us 0458 CUTTER. Or uh, on the back of a postcard to PO Box 2145 Brunswick East, Victoria. 3057 Australia. Or semaphore. Hi, this is television Scott Brennan. Apparently there's no N in box cutter. This is the box cutters. Apparently you can't do semaphore. I'm sorry. I just, it was just corrected. It, oh, really? Uh, well, I thought out, you were volunteering to be the receiver. Well, it turned out none of us can actually read semaphore. That was the thing I didn't realise when I, when I said that. I think it's time you learnt, John Richards. It's time. Yep. If you watch one thing this week, who wants to go first? I've got one this week. I'm feeling very, very excited. Good. Um, it, it, for most of you listening, though, it will involve time travel again because it's, it's tomorrow night, <laughs> our time. So, oh, um, so it's um, Tuesday night. Tuesday night. That's fine. Tuesday, the 5th of May, Channel 7 at 7.30. They are playing, and God, I wish I could still pick up television in my house. They are playing Christian the Lion, the documentary. <sighs> well, actually, it's a bit curious. It's presumably the documentary The Lion at World's End from 1971, which um, last year became a bit of a YouTube sensation. You may have seen it's about uh, two Australian guys. It's the old old story. Well, two Australian guys, guys. Are these the guys who did Born Free? Yeah, well, no, no, not quite. These are two Australian guys. They were living in England. They were running an antique shop. They go to Harrods and buy a lion. Who hasn't been there? Um, after a few years of having the, the lion. It was, it was the late 60s. And you could buy lions at Harrods. You could go to Harrods and buy a lion. Legally, you could buy a lion. I had enough trouble just trying to get my ostrich built on there. <laughs> I know. Did, so much of this is wrong. Did they actually buy it from there? They, they did. They bought it from Harrods. It's a lion cub. Um, there are the Wasn't it getting a bit big for Harrods, and so they gave it to the No, boys? no. Well, apparently they purchased because they did have to actually fill in a form. 
There was a woman who, who had to you know, okay them buying the line. Not just anyone yeah. could walk into Tarot's. Anyway, they had the line in the antique shop. After a while, got a bit big. And, um, and yeah, the guy from, from it, Born it Free... apparently tore the dress off a visitor. <laughs> tore the, yes. the dress off a visitor, that's quite true. <laughs> Which, you know, it was the late 60s, and then they all went around and sped up motion. Um, <laughs> they... So uh, through the gentleman from from Born Free, I've just completely forgotten his real name. Barry they, uh, B- Barry Lyon. Barry and, Barry the uh, Lion. They they arranged to get the line back to, to anyway. It, it was a YouTube video. It was around. It's incredibly heartwarming. Um, it involves lines and this yeah. And Channel Seven is playing the documentary. I'm assuming it's the 1971 documentary, which is where the clips come from. From what but, I've read, it on. sounds like it's a revisit. It might be a revisit because it's 60 minutes long, as opposed to the original was 90. So it's a it's a book tie-in as well because they've just released a, a book called uh, a line called Christian. Yeah, although I think that's actually a re-release of the original book because things like Christian was actually huge at, at the time in the, in the early 70s. It was a bit of a, a pop culture event, and this is. So the book has a revisit on the end of it. I think they've added a new chapter. Right. I, so yeah, I, I presume you're right, but it's probably going to be a, a new re-edit of most of the footage with some you know, from memory, new voiceover from or the article in the Green Guide over the but, weekend. But in honesty, I don't know. I don't care. I watched the YouTube clip. It's gorgeous. So watch Christian the Lion on Channel now, Seven. I was going to uh, have a have a new take on uh, the one thing for the week uh, with uh, one thing not to watch and one thing to watch instead. And the one thing not to watch would be Christian the Lion Tuesday <laughs> night seven thirty on really? Channel Seven. Don't bother. It's going to be another slow paced effort oh. dripping in the currently in thing of cynically trying to make the viewer cry. Instead, you are a hard hearted in- man. Instead, watch the first episode of Talking About Your Generation with Sean McCullough. Oh, you are a lump of ice. Which is oh. bound to have some funny spots and you won't feel dirty by the end of it. Red That's on Channel no 10 heart. Tuesday night. no heart. There's a lump of coal where your heart should My, be. Uh, I'm sick. I'm sick of TV networks, commercial TV networks, putting on content that is intended to make the viewers cry. Have you watched the YouTube clips? Yes, yes. And that was fine. That's all we need. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, the, the talking about your generation thing, I, uh, even though I hate Amanda Keller and she is the baby boomer team I captain, love her. I love Amanda hate, Keller. Hate, hate, hate You her. are, you are the anti-me, Brett Cropley. That's what you are. You're the anti-me. Possibly. <laughs> um, but I, I think it'll still be worth it. I just wish that there was someone on that, uh, who was representing Generation X. That's all I'm saying. But there uh, is, there's no there's three generations. I no. can't think of the, the no, generation. No, no, no. They've got someone companies. they've got someone wearing a Generation X T shirt. Right. But he's clearly too young to be in Generation X. If you think of like Nick Cave as the upper level. Because they've of got Generation, generation X. Y as well, yes. there? There's three. Who and, and the, the difference between Generation X and Generation Y in that uh, in that spectrum is really only about five years. It doesn't work that way. Right. It doesn't work that way. So uh, that's uh, Anyway, so what, what were you choosing I'll be watching to watch? It. You can't uh, actually tell us who the who that is. It's Charlie Pickering, uh, and the Gen Y uh, is Josh Thomas. I, know, I thought Charlie Pickering would be about the right age. He strikes me as the right. He's about of, my age. Yeah, which is Gen Xy. Uh, Even though I was born with the Sumerians, he's uh, he's two years younger than me. Well, yeah, that's, that's Gen X. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> what are you? Anyway, what are you are watching? You, are you claiming to be Gen Y? I don't care no. anymore. I don't care. What are you watching? Baby Boomer. I'm watching the uh, Media Watch Best Bash-Ups, Mash-Ups, <laughs> and, uh, and Smash-Ups. Uh, Biff Bang, what, what a video. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's Media Watch. Twenty years of stuff ups, beat ups, and Barney's. Eight thirty on Thursday night on ABC One. Uh, looking back at the twenty years of Media Watch and having interviews with uh, apparently a very bitter Stuart Littlemore. Where I think you uh, may also hear that Amanda Keller was considered to take over the hosting role of uh, that show. But at then one they point, speaking of people I hate. Yeah, Stuart Little thought they should have cancelled the show when he left. According yes, to the yes, yes, yes there's an article about the idea, and uh, they should have they should have had the ethics to uh, yes. leave it alone. He thought they should have burnt the studio down the minute he left. <laughs> I have to say that uh, he, he did have a fair point, which is everybody who has followed him in that seat was still a journalist uh, and and still being employed as a journalist, mm. be, be they on secondment or hiatus, whatever. They always had a journalism job to go back to. And what what they they would always be keeping in mind that they that had they to had go it. back to be a journalist, oh, okay. uh, and so uh, by that by that extent they were uh, you know inherently corrupt right. in their in their opinions. Not like in the way that we've we've deliberately destroyed the television careers we were possibly going to have before we started doing this show. No, no, because we we gave no thought to that whatsoever, no. and we probably should have. Yes, I'm sorry for everything we've said. Okay, question three. Which yeah, canal? All these going to be about war? No, I got loads of. I got one on tennis. One on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Last week's question was bonanza, and the answer was bonanza. <laughs> it was a weird kind of question and answer being the same thing. I know. Now, you may remember we, we had a bit of a tanty last week about the fact that the week before we hadn't had any entries for the quiz. We actually got a lot of responses this week, so it, it works, yeah. I, I've discovered. Um, including a couple of people told us they weren't entering, which I thought was quite interesting. So, Bolden said, I don't want you guys to feel bad. I've entered the quiz twice, and I've known the answer uh, off the top of my head. I've won the quiz twice, and I have two awesome Crumpler products to show for it. I just figure it wouldn't be fair to keep entering. So fair enough, Bolden. That's good. Um, Narell said, you know, my lovely box color boys, I do know the answer to your quiz, but I don't need another t-shirt that doesn't fit me. I am, <laughs> like the guy from Axis of Awesome, generously built. And if I answer your quiz and win the shirt, I'm just going to have to go to all the effort of burning it myself. So you guys do it and keep yourselves warm on these long, cold, lonely nights during your exile from Triple I, I will, however, buy a box color shirt at the next opportunity, which funny enough will coincide with a payday, because you make them in large sizes. Cladding the cuddly, this is why I love you. But as soon as you make a t-shirt that reads, I'm an angry, hard, bitter, man-hating, lesbian kind of woman, I will so buy that. Now, oddly enough, isn't there one of those shirts available on the box cutters? <laughs> there, there is. If you go to redbubble.com slash people slash box cutters, you can buy an I am a hard and quite bitter Angry man hating lesbian kind of woman. Kind of woman. You can oh, also buy. I'm an angry and quite hard. Yes, yeah, so. you can also buy a, a bitter man hating lesbian shirt if you just want to go for the pure kind of you know. You can, there. you can buy a box cutters uh, standard logo shirt, and you can buy an I don't buy it shirt. You can also buy the new. Thanks very much to Chad. Box cutters news flash now, shirt. Back at the quiz, the the question was yeah bonanza. Uh, uh, well, the, que- <laughs> the question was the, bonanza. Al- the alternate question was also what was the show in which Lorne Green um, uh, starred in, apart from the original Battlestar Galactica due to a whole mix up with names last week. Um, Mark uh, said because uh, we also tried to spell it for you and give you the IMDb <laughs> link to make it easy. 
Uh, Mark said, there are actually two Lawn Greens. So much for your helpful advice, re-entering said named IMDb. After thoughtful perusal, I assume he's not the one famous for directing Albert and the Chipmunks, but the one who appeared in Bonanza. Since he was also the son of Russian Jewish immigrants, one could posit that he was a pioneering TV Jewish cowboy, one of those few big guys who were great shots and spent money freely. Nice uh, nice nod to The <laughs> Simpsons there. Nice nod to The Simpsons. Um, a few other people mentioned, uh, uh, Natalie pointed out that um, apparently it was an, uh, Bonanza was later known as Ponderosa in yes. syndicate. According to IMDb, um, it was kind of nice to see all the research people did here. Uh, Darren Lutchner thought that since we couldn't be bothered, you know, do the answer properly, he just sent us a link to the answer on IMDb. <laughs> um, and Martin English pointed out that that if he did win, it wouldn't matter the shirt fits because it's going straight to the wall, of the pool room. And Steve mentioned how much he loves the video podcast. So a big wave to Steve. Hello, there is, I'm wave, not waving. Wave I'm in the camera. Doing- for the video podcast. There is no video podcast. But who was the winner out of the many, many, many answers? Well, I, I rolled the dice. He did. And Stephen Ray. I, I'm guessing it's pronounced Ray, not Ray. Anyway, Stephen, you are the winner of this week's quiz, and we will get a Crumpler t-shirt to you. Uh, that'll be the one I'm holding up there to yes. the camera. Yeah, they can't to see either it. Of the Ooh, you nice. know what? You know what? If they could well, see that, bit. they could have seen us watching the YouTube video, which neither <laughs> of you mentioned. So clearly, there is no video podcast. That's the quiz. This week's question is... Oh, actually, no. Tell them the prize. Ah. Tell them the prize. Okay, the prize Oh, it's very exciting. A fantastic laptop bag called the Reginald Transfer. I think it's one of the uh, new line of uh, bags a, from Crumpler. It's a Crumpler it's, laptop bag. It retails for over $4 million it is, in, in one shop you somewhere. Know what? Yeah. This is too nice to put chicken in. Oh, you wouldn't put chicken in that? No, no, no. no you no, would no, put no, chicken no. near it. Wouldn't put chicken in it. It's a really, it's a fantastic bag. It, it is a, a Crumpler laptop bag. And if you've, uh, if you've tried to buy a Crumpler before but uh, been unemployed, you'll know how... Uh, valuable these oh, bags are. So no googling this week's answer. Oh no. Oh no. We want you to name that tune. Brett, stop playing with the merchandise. I was just saying. Stop it touching is, oh, the bags. It's, it's got a nice stop bag. It. Zipper stop along the top. Nice bag. So yes, so this week name, you have to name a theme tune. This is where you you're supposed to come in and do all that smooth <gasps> oh, stuff that you. Uh, Let's hear that theme tune. You have to name. Cuff rock, isn't it? Sing along! It turns out they were playing off a uh, Max LC30 tape from the sound. <laughs> <laughs> Max LC30? It was probably recorded onto one of them. Oh, that's great, yeah. You know all well, the ones that they uh, didn't sell of those? They've converted them into USB you hubs. You can get USB hubs now. <laughs> oh, yeah, nice. I'd, I'd love to get one. So what, there you go. Is... Name that tune. You can't just Google that, can you? No, nah, nah. you can't Google. Nah, 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 nah. That won't work. Won't work at all. Name that tune. It is from a television show. That's your clue. I wonder if that uh, uh, Apple uh, uh, Touch thing has got uh, the app oh. that will recognise uh, music. Recognise If you play this to that, if it would actually pick it up and send you to the iTunes yeah, store. Yeah, if you have that app, give it a go. Buy it. I'm going uh, to give that a go later when I get home. Mm. Yeah, nice. I am. I am. Anyway, if you know the answer to uh, that question, what is that the tune from... Email us, hooray at boxcutters.net, or click on the Talk to Boxcutters link on the website, or text us, 0458-CUTTER. Hey, um, when I cast 
my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. John, you've got some... Uh Urgent pork. Uh, well, the BAFTAs were held. Um, the full list it w- it will be available it's a on bit the racist. internet. The BAFTAs? I, d- I don't understand. I'm just, it just sounds like a racist. Does it sound t- wrong? It, just, it sounds You're wrong. You're such a BAFTA. Yeah, Oi, you, you, you BAFTA Muppet. Well, it's yeah, English. Um, uh, you know, Duke of Edinburgh probably named them. A <laughs> uh, bunch of stuff, one that we haven't seen or care about. Um, uh, Fred Chisornis got the special, um, the Academy Fellowship, which was presented to them by Helen Mirren. Oh, uh, They said that although they were retiring as comedy duo, they would, would be available to work in her award-winning films, just the award-winning one. While we're on uh, English people, very, very disappointed at uh, Steve Coogan just going uh, on autopilot for his show at the Forum. Did you, uh, did you go and see that? Yeah. I heard yeah. many bad things about the Steve Coogan shows it was yeah. kind of odd, like the the audience was seemed pretty dead as well but uh he wasn't really putting that much into it it seemed we'll put a link up for, for the BAFTA awards in case you would like to see what the bill won and the other thing I wanted to mention of course B. Arthur we, we talked about B. Arthur last week he sadly left us um, a friend of mine told me he had bought some uh, JB Hi-Fi had the Golden Girls um, season sets on special so mm-hmm. he bought a bunch of them went back to buy them after B. Arthur died they went back up to full price. <gasps> so if you want to know how much the death of B. Arthur is worth, $16. <laughs> it's right. a $16 Seriously. difference from 15 up to uh, yeah, 33 And also, I was reminded of B. Arthur, and I wanted to remind you, of course, that um, we mentioned she did more than the Golden Girls. Uh, I had completely forgotten that in between those two, in 1983, she did uh, Amanda's, which was the attempt to do an American version of Faulty Towers. Oh. Oh. Yeah, she actually played the lead in the in the American Faulty Towers version. That's something that I did not know. No, and also something else. If you ever thought of, uh, if you've been watching Star Wars, because I, I believe the kids watch it, you may have heard of it. If you've ever been watching Star Wars and thinking, yeah, these scenes of Tatooine, they're, they're interesting enough, but boy, I wish they had B. Arthur in them. She was in the infamous Star Wars Christmas special, which I think we will actually She's, do. A, yes, we should do a whole was, segment about it at she, some future episode. She was, uh, the, she she was in it. No, in the, the in the cantina. In the cantina. She she worked behind the bar in, in the, the cantina, cantina. Oh. on Tatooine. So if you want to see what the cantina section of Star Wars would like, if it was filmed on really bad video with B. Arthur in it, go to YouTube because the whole thing's been like horrifically banned by Lucas, who's tried to claim it doesn't exist. It's well, look, we really should do a segment on, on the Star Wars Christmas I, I think, special. Yeah, I think we will. But uh, yeah, go to YouTube and you can see what B. Arthur would like if she was in Star Wars. Now, uh, appallingly, the jocks at the AFL are uh, trying to take on the to set up their own little website. Uh, this isn't television, Brett. No, it's not television, which is why it belongs in pork. No, no, um, no, no, no. They've, <laughs> no, they've pork, set up... No, no. The, the television podcast bit, it, it means that all of it is in some they've way They've set up a bit of a, an This AFL, is just you, you having a whinge. Fan You know what? Site. Get your own blog. And the geeks, including 21-year-old student James Rose, have been uh, sent a threatening letter from the AFL's legal counsel uh, saying that they can't use uh, the names of... Football clubs in, from the AFL because they're all um, copyrighted. Like, like you know, I used to live in. I can't, I can't, I can't even say it anymore. <laughs> I'm not allowed to even say where I lived. It was. Yeah, and then yeah, I had to move. Uh, he yeah. also says that uh, you can't use the term AFL on your site, and he thinks that's a bit heavy-handed. I think that's freaking appalling. We had to rename it Junkie Town just so people yeah, knew where we were. That's pretty accurate. Though. Take the 86 to Junkie Town. That's uh, I I I, li- I live in uh, Hooker City, Victoria. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's not very yeah. good, is it? 
No, no, that's <laughs> that's no. that's terrible uh, that you even brought that up, Brett. And that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 180. I want to say thanks very much to 3RRR, whose studios we use for recording this podcast each and every week. <laughs> except for the last two. Except for the last two. So pretty much each and every just, week. Except when we don't. Yeah. Yes. You can find but them they on are the, awesome. They're the greatest radio station mm. in the world. Mm-hmm. You can find them on the web at rrr.org.au. 102.7 on the FM band in Melbourne and surrounds. Also, thanks very much to Crumpler, who give us excellent laptop bags to give to you, the listener. You can email your answer to the quiz to hooray at boxcutters.net. And sexy ladies logo t-shirts. Oh, yeah, totally. You can find them on the web at crumpler.com.au. And I'm sure somewhere there's a photo online of uh, John modelling that uh, t-shirt. Looking very sexy. I'm sure you're supposed to shut up now, Brett. There's um, <laughs> If you enjoyed this podcast, see, you throw me now. John's looking so unimpressed. <laughs> no, no, I was just trying to work out if there were photographs. There were a lot of photographs of me on the internet, and I don't remember when all of them were taken. That, that's, that's all I'm going to say. Well, just uh, rest assured it wasn't this one. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, please go onto the iTunes Music Store or wherever you found it and leave a review of Box Cutters because it will help other people find the show and then they can enjoy it as well. If you want too much more of us this week as well, the podcraft. Yes, the the podcraft this week from uh, Joy FM. Uh, there's uh, if you go to the joy.org.au site, you'll find links to the podcraft podcast, and you can hear us talk about our work. Hmm. Uh, also, if you want to buy a t-shirt, you can redbubble.com/people/boxcutters. Also, there are our uh, I do buy at stores from US and UK Amazon. So if you're going to get yourself some uh, foreign DVDs, why not get it through there? You will help support this podcast and help us keep doing the podcast. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm Joe Richards. And I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Mm-hmm.